Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome in overtime on a Saturday here in the District of Columbia. Appreciate you listening to 106.7 The Fan or listening on the Odyssey app. I'm Toby Altizer hanging out with you. If you don't have the Odyssey app, you should download it. My dad's down in Florida listening, and he's sending me pictures at the beach listening. So what's better than hanging out at the beach listening to some sports talk? You know, maybe you're hitting on a vacation. It's a little late for vacation season, late October, but maybe you are. Download the Odyssey app. You can be anywhere and listen to us here at 1067 The Fan. Got plenty to talk about today. You want to hop in at any point, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can also tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer. We're going to discuss Sam Howell starting off the show in just a couple of minutes. Chris Russell, the rooster from the Team 980, is going to join us coming up at 3.30. want to talk about Jahan Dotson coming up at 4 o'clock. Why isn't he more involved? And are you a little bit concerned about that? We'll talk about that coming up at 4. Ryan Horvat from BetMGM tonight will get his thoughts on the NFL slate as well as some college football going on right now. Checking out Ohio State and Penn State. Air Force with a 17-0 lead over Navy. We'll keep you updated on the college football scores, but we'll talk with Ryan Horvat coming up at 4.30. Josh Robbins from The Athletic covers the Wizards. He'll join us at 5. want to talk about the Wiz. ESPN ranks teams on watchability for League Pass. And apparently the Wizards are last, which I don't know if I completely agree with that. I do understand from a national perspective why that would be the case, but... I kind of think 41 from Jordan Poole like he did the other night at the Garden might be fun to watch. So we'll talk about that coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Then we'll get you ready for some Commanders-Giants on Sunday in the 6 o'clock hour as well as Caps-Canadiens as at 6.45 when I wrap up here. We'll turn it over to John Walton in Montreal, and you can hear the Caps and Canadiens right here on 106.7 The Fan. Got a fun show planned. We'll start it all off with the quarterback for your Burgundy and Gold, Sam Howell. Where are you at with him? You know, I've seen various stations, various publications. You know, Linnell and Chris Russell were talking about him the other day and saying that he was holding the offense back. And I understand their sentiment. So that's why I wanted to talk with Chris Russell, get his thoughts on it. But where are you at with Sam Howell? I think it's early for people to make season-long, I don't, how do you phrase this, franchise quarterback, busts, He's not going to be anything more than a backup. I think it's too early to do all of those large type of things, right? I don't know that you can say that he's the guy yet for the franchise, even though I think he's shown some real glimpses of that. I also don't know that you can say he's a career backup. Eric Eager, who's someone I 
really respect with Sumer Sports, he he was on with Grant and Danny, he was on 980, and said, yeah, I, I think he's a backup because of these sack issues. I don't know if I'd go that far either. So I, I think it's probably somewhere in the middle, at least right now, if you give us a full 17-game season to look at, which I'm assuming he's going to start all 17 games, assuming he doesn't get hurt, 34 sacks through six games, indicates he might not make it all 17 games. But if he does, we'll have a big enough sample size then to kind of make a decision. But through six games of this season, seven total starts, where are you at with Sam Howell? Because I want to read you some of these numbers. And if I were to have read you these numbers at the beginning of the season, I think you would have been pretty happy. 1,500 yards, 11th in the NFL through six starts, 67.8 completion percentage, 10th in the NFL, nine touchdown passes, ninth in the NFL, the six picks, fourth most in the NFL, four of those coming in one game. So two in five games, I'll take that. Obviously a bad game against Buffalo. Those things are going to happen, so we're not going to take that out. But I think overall, nine to six, I think... You'd be pretty happy with that, especially knowing how it happened where it was just one bad game. I haven't been overly worried about his decision-making. I've been pretty happy with how he's taken care of the football for the most part, so I'm not worried about the interceptions. Passer rating, 90.1, 16th in the NFL, 46.8 QBR, 20th in the NFL. So I think you look at these numbers around the middle of the pack, the yards and those types of things might be a little inflated because Eric Bieniemy doesn't know that you can run the ball. <laughs> he just loves to air it out. And we kind of expected that. But I expected there to be more of the run game. And that's why we, we talk about Sam and the sacks. And he's got to be better. And he definitely does. And we're going to get more into that here in just next couple minutes. But it seems to me like they've relied a little too heavily on the pass game. So you're putting more on Sam's plate when they've had a decently effective run game, but they haven't run it enough. So, so far this season, they're 27th in attempts. They're 25th in rush yards per game at every 87.8, but they're getting 4.3 yards per carry, 13th in the league. So I think there needs to be just a slight adjustment to the offensive game plan. Now, you know, you can look at it and say the pass game, the short passing game, the quick stuff is an extension of the run game, and maybe if you change some of that stuff, that'd be, that'd bump up their rush attempts, and that's kind of how Biennemi looks at it. Maybe that's the sort of thing. Who knows? But I think overall, you need to find a way to take just a little bit off Sam's plate. It just seems like sometimes when you're dropping him back 30 and 40 times, you're just asking a little bit much. But I also hate this thing. So many people keep throwing out he's basically a rookie. No, he's not. He's a second-year player. Did he not learn anything from last year? Look at Patrick Mahomes in his second season. Was he basically a rookie when he threw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns? No, he learned from his first season. If Sam was still basically a rookie, he'd have the exact same issues that he did in his first season where they didn't want to start in week one because he had footwork issues. Now you look at his footwork, and it's fairly decent. He's grown. Now we just need to keep seeing that growth. So I don't like this idea that he's basically a rookie. He's a second-year guy. It's the thing we talk about in the NBA all the time. Dudes win a rookie of the year when they miss their whole first season. He's not a rookie. He's been hanging out with the pros. He's learning from the pros. So I need to see more growth out of Sam. I don't want to baby him in terms of, oh, he's just a rookie, so he makes lots of mistakes. It's no problem. No, he's been in the NFL building 
now for a year and a half. He should be learning. You know, the sacks and stuff, we're seeing the same sorts of things week after week. Can you find some growth? I think his best half of football this year was the first half of the Eagles game. I thought especially those first two drives, and yes, I get that a lot of times those first two drives are going to be scripted so you can be a little more on rhythm, but you need to see what he does the rest of the game. But I thought overall those first two drives against Philadelphia and the first half in general was his best half of football this year. Why? He was quick. He was decisive. And if you remember, it's coming off of a week where they looked atrocious. He'd thrown four picks. He'd given up nine sacks. And you're like, man, how do we feel about this guy? And he comes out, and he looks like a totally different guy, especially in those first two drives. Now, I don't know if it's something where all week in practice leading up to that Eagles game, Eric Bieniemy every single time he dropped back was, get the ball out, get the ball out, get the ball out. I don't know what it was. Because those first couple of drives, and especially that first half, he got the ball out. He still ended up with two sacks, but the sacks he ended up with, one was on third and eight at their own 23. I'll live with a sack there if he's trying to make something on third down. I'll live with a sack there. Maybe I'm wrong in that opinion, but I'm fine with the guy taking a sack on third down. If no one's open, he's trying to pick up the first down. I can live with those. And the other one was first and goal at the Philly 10. He takes the sack, but it's the one where he went to step up in the pocket. He trips over Leno's leg. Now, he still might have got sacked either way. Josh Sweat was right there. But even so, I can live with those kinds of sacks where you're trying to make some plays, and it's not a gigantic loss. And overall, his decision-making was quick. He was decisive with the football. I can live with those things. But where are you at with Sam Howell? Because I see some people are just oh, he can't overcome the sack issues. And then you see the other side that, oh, this guy's totally the guy. And I know sports radio, sports media, generally living in the middle ground is not entertaining. It's not what people do. But I think that's where we're at with Sam Howell. If you want to go to the extreme and say he can't be the guy, I think you're wrong. If you want to go to the other side and say, oh, for sure, he's the franchise quarterback, I also think you're wrong. I think it's somewhere in the middle right now where we're still evaluating with Sam Howell. So where are you at? 800-636-1067. You can also tweet at me, at Toby underscore Altizer. Want to get some of your thoughts? We'll talk with Chris Russell coming up at 3.30 as well. Keep it tuned right here to 106.7 The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back. Overtime, 106.7 The Fan, Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you up until 645, leading up to Caps Hockey tonight on The Fan. Chris Russell going to join us in about 15 minutes. Where are you at with Sam Howell? We've seen a lot in six games. We've seen some really good. We've seen some pretty bad. Where you at? 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Let's get out to Vinny in D.C. Vinny, what's going on? How you doing? I, I want to compare Sam Howell to the new girlfriend. So let's say, let's say for instance, you got an, you got an ugly girlfriend. And she's a three on a scale of one to ten, and then you get a, a new one that's a, a five. Not what not what you really want, but better than what you had. You you're still waiting for that nine or ten. So Sam Howell is like that. He's like that five. He's like that five girlfriend, and you just waiting on that nine or ten to come past. But you know they, he's still uh, like a placeholder. So if you, you had get what to, you want. So if you had to give Sam Howell on a scale of one to ten, you're giving a five. I will get a middle of the pack. Yes, I will. Okay, yeah, I don't think that's bad. Vinny, appreciate the phone call. I don't think that's bad either. He's definitely right. It's better than what you've had here, what, since Kirk Cousins? It's better than what you've had. Is he the guy for sure? You don't know, right? I mean, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. But does he need to be? I, I don't know that he has to be. You drafted the guy in the fifth round, and like I've talked about, I think it's a little lazy just to throw the fifth-round label on him, but reality is he was a fifth-rounder. He was never, after that last season, going to be a first-rounder. So he doesn't have to be spectacular. He's on a cheap contract. You've got a couple more years with him. He doesn't have to be the game-changer. I think that's what's so attractive if, if you stick with Ron Rivera, you bring in a new head coach or something, whatever the case may be. It's attractive if he can be the guy at his price. You've got some studs on the defensive side of the ball. You've got a true number one wide receiver. I mean, I think that he's shown you enough that he's going to get a shot, whether it's here or somewhere else, to keep trying, right? I mean, he's he doesn't have, obviously, the pedigree of a Baker Mayfield, Baker being a number one overall pick, but in a lot of ways, he reminds me of how he plays, where he's going to keep getting shots, because he's got the arm strength. He's a decent decision maker. He's got some mobility. Are there limitations? Yeah. Are there some setbacks? Yeah. But he's got all the ability. I think Nick Ackridge of Pro Football Focus put it really well in his article talking about the sacks and how debilitating they are. But what else, what else we've seen with him? He said, there's a franchise quarterback in there somewhere. He's in there. Now, can we get him out? Can we... Make sure that we can foster it in the right direction so he can become the franchise guy. 
I don't know. That's still to be seen. But it's in there. It's pretty obvious. If you haven't watched the QB school on YouTube, I'd encourage you to check it out. It's a former NFL quarterback, JT O'Sullivan. He does film breakdowns for lots of quarterbacks around the league. But he did one this past week, the Falcons game, of Sam Howell. And I think he's got at least two videos of Sam Howell, and I've watched them both. And he's very impressed with Sam. And if you go back and watch this Falcons game, the thing that's so impressive is, yes, the sacks are a problem. We've talked about that. But look at the throws he makes while he's getting hit. There's a reason he takes as many sacks as he does. He's fearless in the pocket. This dude isn't scared of anything. So it's incredible to see some of these throws that he makes while he's still getting hit, and those you can't even blame on Sam. So it's going to be interesting to see what he can be, but I think, like Nick Ackridge said, there's a franchise quarterback in there somewhere. Can they get it out? Let's get out to Roosevelt in Mitchellville. What's going on, man? Hey, pretty good. How you doing today? Not too bad. You? I'm just fine. My my my, my topic on Sam Howell is, we build him a line around a good offensive line, get a few more pieces in there, get another booze and running back, and I'm telling you, the guy is going to be just fine. But you couldn't throw with that offensive line yourself. You know, nobody can throw that offensive line, but they're doing the best they can this year. Next year, I think they're picking some pieces. He can be just fine. You know what I'm saying? But I can't knock him. But he's better than what we had, I tell you that. 100%. Roosevelt, appreciate the phone call. And I think, again, when it comes to media, when it comes to sports radio, being in the middle is usually the most boring kind of take that you can have. But I think that's kind of where we're at with this offensive line as well. I don't think they're as bad as we have made them out to be. 34 sacks, they're not all 34 on the offensive line. But it's also not as if they've been good. You can't go and say, oh, yeah, the offensive line has been exactly what we paid the money for. No, it hasn't. At the same point, all 34 sacks aren't on the offensive line. Again, it's somewhere in the middle. But one thing about Sam Howell that I think he does such a good job of, and he was on with Kay Adams earlier this week. He was on Up and Adams. He's such a good leader. If you've listened to him talk in press conferences, you've listened to him talk on various TV shows, he's such a good leader. And I want you to listen to this clip from Kay Adams. She she kind of leads him in like, hey, you can throw a little blame on the offensive line, and he won't go for it. Here's a clip. You're on pace for 96 sacks. Like Nobody wants to see that. Can I have your offensive lineman's phone numbers? Because I'm a little, I think I can fix it. I think I can talk to him. Yeah, I mean, I, the thing is, is like that, that's the worst part about sacks is like it's, it, it looks like it's just on the O-line. But I think at the end of the day, I'm the one who has the ball in my hand and I'm the one who has the ability to throw the ball before I get hit. Um, and that's the reality of it. And I think, you know, a lot of those sacks that we've had so far have been opportunities where I could have gotten rid of the football. Um, and so it's just an area where I've, I'm just try, trying to continue to grow and try, trying to you know, continue to find ways to either find a short incompletion or, you know, throw it away. Um, one, of, one of those two things. And I think it's just a part of my game where I know I can improve. Um, so it's, gonna, it's been kind of fun to come, come in each and every day and try to learn from those things and, and try to get better. Um, but, you know, those guys up front have done a heck of a job. And I think when you kind of look at numbers as far as how those guys are protecting across the league, they're, they're fine. They're doing a good job. And the sack numbers are higher than what they should be. And I think that's, a, that's because I need to do a better job of helping those guys out. Um, but no, I love those guys. And they're, they fight and give it, all, give it their all every single play. I just got to do my part. And I think that kind of goes along with what I'm talking about. The franchise quarterback. He's in there somewhere. That's a franchise quarterback type answer. If you ask Joe Burrow when he was getting sacked all the time and everyone was blaming the offensive line and they let him into a question like that, 
he would have said the exact same thing. Yeah, you know, I've got to do a better job helping those guys out. We'll figure out some things to make it better. But I think overall, they've done a good job up there. We'll continue to get better throughout the season. Those kinds of answers, you don't expect that out of a 23-year-old second-year guy that was a fifth-round draft pick. But he has those leadership qualities. And that's why I think you have to give this guy a chance. The physical tools in the field are obvious. There's not guys in his frame, especially, that can make the kinds of throws. He just doesn't have to wind up super hard to throw. I thought Danny had a great point on Grant and Danny this past week talking about how there's a difference between arm strength and ease of arm strength. You know, I can throw the ball far, but it takes everything within my power to throw far. Sam Howell doesn't have to do anything, and he just whips it 50 yards down the field. Those are different, right? So him having that arm strength to be able to see a window late, and, oh, zip it in there. He's got that kind of arm strength that Heineke never had. Heineke can throw it far down the field. If he was going to, he had to crow hop. He had to get ready for it, take a running start. Not Sam Howell. He's got the arm strength. He can make all the throws on the football field. I think overall he's fairly accurate. I think his decision-making especially in this first part of the season where if there's anything that I always worry about with a young quarterback, it's the decision-making. The NFL so fast. You're going to throw picks. It's going to happen. And yes, he's got six on the season. Two of them in five games. Four of them in one game. Right? So a bad game against Buffalo. But I think overall, his decision-making has been solid. It's just the sacks. Now, I don't know how fixable this is. And I don't know that there's a precedent of a guy getting sacked this much and being able to fix it. But I I don't know if I'm wrong in this, but I almost feel like he might be the guy that gets sacked in the top five every single year if he starts for a decade. But I can almost live with that. Now, there's injuries that probably come with that. I understand that. So at some point, you'd like him to learn. But you almost can live with the sacks Because this team is still in the top half of the league in scoring, and you throw out the stat, oh, you don't get points on 80% of the drives you take a sack. Well, somehow, they're still top half of the league in scoring, despite him taking 34 sacks in six weeks. I think it might be one of those things that they can fix it a little bit. You're never going to get him to have the best pocket presence. You're never going to have him being the guy that never gets sacked. But can you at least improve it a little bit? And I think, in reality, there's no way it can get worse. Maybe I'm wrong there, but it just doesn't seem like it can get much worse than what it has been. If it improves marginally and you can continue to improve the other aspects of the game, it might be just one of those things where Josh Allen turns the ball over a lot, but are you going to bench him because of it? Are you going to move on? No, he's got superpowers. You live with it. Those sorts of things I think you can live with. I'm not saying that Sam Howell's Josh Allen, but I'm saying it might be one of those things where you get more good that benefits you than the bad, which is the sacks. You need to get rid of it. It's going to be frustrating. But maybe it's something, if you could just cut it down a little bit, you can live with it. It's not a totally fatal flaw. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, Chris Russell, the rooster from Team 980, is going to join us, give his thoughts on Sam Howell next. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Shut the bleep up. You know, I go when I want to. I do what I want to do, whatever. Rooster! Is that Rooster's music hey, I listen, hear? Jack, go fly a kite. <laughs> That's fantastic. And you might think this is ridiculous. You might think this is stupid. I don't really care. Rooster! Americans are dumb by and large. All these nimrods, everybody thinks I'm this horrible human being. Hey, listen, Jack. Shut the bleep up. <laughs> this is fantastic. Shut the bleep Toby Altizer with you here, 1067 the, the Fan. I think it's pretty obvious with that stuff playing. Who's coming on? It's time to get out to the BetQL guest hotline. Bring in our guy, Chris Russell, the rooster. Rooster, what's going on, man? <laughs> he's still talking. Whoever that madman is, he's still talking. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine somebody would actually utter things like that into a microphone, Tobe? I can't believe it. Uh, and I can't believe they have a radio show all to themselves. I can't, uh-huh. I can't believe all those things. I, I mean, I would say this. Uh, I'm a lot calmer from one to four on 980 uh, than that raving lunatic, that madman <laughs> that you just heard. I haven't heard some of those clips in a while. So kudos to JT the Vic for pulling that uh, out of his magic hat of uh, tricks there. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, so that was a good little memory of how maniacal I can be at times. Well, and I was talking with Doc before I came on Crosstalk just to preview the show. And I said, you know, I'm going to have Rooster on. I texted Linnell possibly, but he's he's busy. Uh-huh. And so I was well, like, he's big time, too. Well, exactly. Well, and I said it's shocking, right, mm-hmm. that Linnell and Rooster on the same radio show might make some Twitter rounds that frustrated people. <laughs> maybe just just maybe and here's the other thing i don't know if you know this i think you know this doc calls you the youngest in charge oh yeah yeah not Linnell, who 
anointed himself as the young. So I came up with, well, if he's not the youngest in charge. Then he's the YAIC, the youngest and angriest in charge. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, yeah, um, yeah, we ruffled some feathers. It was really Linnell. I wasn't as hardcore, but I mean, I guess people came after me too. And I don't know if you, uh, you know, agree, disagree. I don't know where you're at on on, on this. Uh, I was watching the Penn State uh, Ohio State game, so I didn't have my earbuds in. Um, and you know, look, Sam Howell is, is is Sam Howell is helping advance the offense, and he's also hurting it, and he's also holding it back. And that was, I think, Linnell's overall point, and. My point to a degree is that both can be true. Now, I mm-hmm. said it's a lot of other things in addition, but Linnell seems to think it's simply about Sam Howell. Now, I don't think he likes Sam Howell uh, overall, even though he denies that. <laughs> you know, and he certainly does not like developing a quarterback in year four of a regime. But remember, this is year one of Eric Bieniemy. So for whatever all that's worth. Yeah, and that's my question to you is where are you at with Sam Howell? Because to me, you know, if you were giving a report card, it would still be incomplete. There's yep. some things that are an A, there's yep. some things that are a B, there's some things that are an F. Yeah. But I think overall it's incomplete. And so I think people saw that headline from Linnell and obviously you talking with him and saying he's holding the offense back. And I think the sentiment is look, they could be better. Sam Howell's taking too many sacks. I think that's the general idea. People mm-hmm. obviously read into it as, oh, Sam Howell's the problem. They want to mm-hmm. bench. That's not the case. Right. But where are you at right now with Sam Howell? Well, I mean, that's, yeah, exactly well said. That was not the, that was not the argument. The sentiment was, again, that he is doing a lot of things to help them and make them better, but he's also in the key category of sacks and therefore ruining most drives in which you get sacked on. He is holding them back. And if you look at, you know, just PFF, and I know a lot of people don't like PFF. I got it. I understand. 12 of those 34 sacks, alone, only 12, have come as graded against the offensive line. 14 of the 34 have come against someone other than Sam Howell or been charged to someone other than Sam Howell because Antonio Gibson got one. Logan Thomas got one. So 14 out of the 34, which means, Tope, 20 of the 34 are being charged, according to PFF, whether you like them or not, to Sam Howell. And I I didn't know if it was that high. I probably would have said, you know, maybe about 50-50, 17-17. You know, I I certainly could have seen 18-16. So I was a little bit surprised when I saw that number earlier this week after the Atlanta Falcons game, but not shocked. And I don't know how anyone, if they're actually watching the game and the all-22 and the cut-ups, and you see, again, receivers not getting separation. You see... Uh, you, you know, him taking way too long. And people have this time to throw statistic that they see on next gen stats and all these other places. And I think they have it confused. The longer you have to throw, especially if it's excluding sack plays, which is how next gen stats does it, Tobe. That's bad. That's not good. You don't want to be holding on to the ball for three plus seconds in almost every scenario. And Sam Howell, Holds on to the ball too long, period. End of story. I mean, that's undeniable, absolute truth. And if sacks are, again, considered drive killers, which I've considered them drive killers for 10-plus years, I remember screaming about this with Robert Griffin III, and everybody said I was a lunatic, probably one of those cuts that you heard, um, coming in when I said, you know, sometimes a sack is as, as bad as an interception. And people were like, 
losing their mind. And, and the point being was, if you start off at first and 10 and wind up at third and 17, you might as well throw an interception for crying out loud. Yeah, and my thing is, so I went back and I thought his best half of football was the first half in the Philly game. I thought, especially those first two drives, mm-hmm. you know, there was questions coming out. He'd yep. given up nine sacks, thrown sure. four picks. And he came out and looked decisive and quick with the football. Mm-hmm. And there were still two sacks in that first half against Philly. And the one was on third and eight at their own 23. And he's trying to make something happen. And the pocket eventually collapses. And I can live with those kinds of sacks because he's trying to get the ball out. There's no one open. And at some point, you know, you're not picking it up either way. You're punting. Losing five yards on a punt doesn't bother me. It's the ones later on where it's a first down. It's those sorts of things where you're killing drives, like you were saying, on a first down. If you're trying to make something happen on third and 15 and you give up an extra six yards, I'll live with it. It's first and goal at the 10 when he Mm -hmm. gets tripped up by his lineman. He might have got sacked regardless. I don't like those. So the question is, do you think it's fixable? Because I think we've seen at points, and and that Philly game especially, he looked quick and decisive. And it was obvious that at that week, that was an emphasis. And so he came out and looked decisive. Now... We've seen a couple games since then where it wasn't as quick and decisive. So do you think it's fixable? Yeah, I I think it is. Um, Now, is it that he goes from getting sacked on average five or six times a game to none? Of course not. He's going to get sacked probably two to three times per game on average for the rest of his career. Uh, and, and, and you hope it's two to three as opposed to four to five, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where I think it's fixable or improvable. I don't know if it's completely fixable across the board, nor should it probably be, and nor is it for most quarterbacks, right? Most quarterbacks are going to, in today's NFL, where you just can't have these great you know, uh, Rocket Gibraltar offensive lines, they're going to get hit. They're going to get pressured. They're going to get sacked. And like you said, there's some nuance to all of this, right? Um, so, yes, I think you can improve it. I don't think you can completely solve it, but I don't need you to completely solve it. I, I can live with, again, getting sacked two, maybe three times a game. What they can't live with is five, six, seven, so on and so forth, especially if they're coming on separate drives. It's what, you know, it looks bad uh, in a way. I was thinking about this uh, during the game last Sunday in Atlanta. They've been sacked twice, at least on, on the same drive, like six or seven times this year. I look at almost like, in a way, I'd almost rather that because that drive's already ruined in in all likelihood. You know, whereas it's the, like you said, if you're first and 10 at the, at at the, you know, start of the red zone at the 20 yard line, you get sacked and dumped for an eight yard loss. And all of a sudden it's second and 18. And now you're at the 28. I'm almost surely not scoring a touchdown on that drive. So again, it's context and nuance when, where, what down, what situation, all of that. Here's one thing that I know they're in third and long a lot. And uh, I, I know I got a lot of uh, grief on Twitter this morning. Uh, you know, people took some things I said out of context. They're not good in third and obvious, but third and obvious could be third and seven, third and nine, third and 12. Here's what I don't want you to be. I don't want you to be in third and 10 plus. I mean, third and 10 is hard enough in this league. You give me third and seven, Tobe. I can do something with that. My whole playbook is still open, even though it's a predictable passing situation. When you're third and 12, third and 13, third and 14, because you get dump trucked on first or second down, in a lot of cases, 
Man, that's really hard to convert those and really hard to do anything more than a check down or just get rid of it type situation, which happens way too often, in my opinion, to this offense. Talking with Chris Russell, the rooster. You can hear him on the Team 980. So I feel like they're not running the ball enough. And so we were talking about this a little bit earlier because I feel like this would take a little bit of mm-hmm. the pressure off of yep. Sam. So of course. I thought they weren't very effective in the run game, and mm-hmm. turns out I was wrong. They're averaging 4.3 yards a carry, which is mm-hmm. 13th in the NFL. But they're 27th in rush attempts mm-hmm. and 25th in rush yards per game. Yep. Do you think this is something where they need to start running the ball a little bit more to help them out? Because one way you can limit sacks is instead of dropping back 45 times, drop back 40 or 35. I mean, Toby, this is my swan song. Yeah, Yes. I mean, of course. And everybody tells me I'm an idiot and I'm wrong. And they're all wrong. Because, <laughs> again, I've always said the running game you can't just quantify it or judge it or grade it based on how many yards you get out of it and how many yards per carry. There are other ancillary benefits, and one of them is just what you said. The other is it absolutely makes it easier to sell play action if you execute it, marry it, can you know, draw it up well, design it well, all of those things. It absolutely does. You talk to any coach. I mean, I... Not that I was raised under Mike and Kyle Shanahan, but that's, you know, that's a lot of the genesis of, of, of my football knowledge on a professional level. You know, is, is, I self-taught myself earlier in my career, and then those two guys, along with Sean McVay and others, come in, and, 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 and they kind of help you understand the nuance Yes, the running game is so critically important to all of those things. And I, I did I tallied up the numbers. I don't have the exact numbers, but it's roughly about two to one in terms of designed pass plays or pass calls. And what I mean by that is attempts, sacks, and scrambles that were originally called as pass plays that Sam obviously is under pressure, uh, breaks free, do, does whatever he does. It's, it's roughly two to one in terms of the balance. I'm not asking for 50-50. I've never asked for 50-50. I've never even asked for 55-45. Can you give me 62-38, for God's sakes? Can you give me something other than 67-33, which is basically what yeah. they are? And that might not seem like that big of a disparity. It's a huge disparity. And I know the Bears game got away from them, and they passed 55 straight. All that stuff. I got it. But you know, and I know, and oh, by the way, the Giants allowing like 5.2 yards per rush attack this year, including what the Bills were able to do, a traditionally not great running football team, what the Bills were able to do against them last Sunday night, and what other teams, San Francisco, granted with a bigger lead, but that game was not a blowout until really late in the second half. It was a tight game. Teams have been able to run the football against the Giants all year long, and if this team comes out you know, slinging and winging and, you know, again, 70% pass in the first half and they have three points or six points or whatever the, the, the point total is, uh, you're going to be hearing from me and you should. And they, everybody should like, like look in the mirror and then kick themselves in the ass because you're doing it wrong. So then the other question I have about this offense right now, I talked him up all off season. Jahan Dotson. Yeah. I, I thought this guy was going to have a breakout year and it's not, 
you know, some people are like, oh, it's just Ashburn syndrome. And all the people here were thinking that. No, nationally, people yeah. were thinking Jahan's oh, about to break out. No, you're What's right. going on? Um, I wish I had a great answer for you other than, you know, obviously the one attempt he got last week or the one opportunity he got last week. You know, it could have been a slightly better throw, but really that's more on Jahan. He's got a wide catch radius. That's part of the reason why he was drafted as high as he was when most thought, you know, he was a mid-second round pick type of thing, was the ability to climb the ladder and use a wingspan for a smaller guy. You just haven't seen that enough. I mean, I, I like they worked him in early in the season against Arizona. I remember over the middle, you know, on, on a big third down, like 13 yards on like third and nine, third and 10. You know, they've worked him in, obviously, uh, what, he had the game-tying touchdown against Philadelphia. So, I mean, he's been there, at you know, here and there, but he just hasn't been consistent. Now, the only thing that I will say is – up until, what was it, uh, I believe it was the Philadelphia game, maybe it was the Chicago game, too. They, they they had, like, Dodson and McLaurin had the same amount of targets, and it was, like, 16 apiece. And I think it was through four games. So I guess that would have been through the Philadelphia game. And then since then, Terry has been targeted, I think, way more overall, and Jahan hasn't been. So I would say that it's probably going to be an emphasis point tomorrow that they are probably going to try and get – uh, you know, some design. And remember, Deontay Banks, the Maryland product, the first round pick for the Giants is probably going to be going up against Terry. They play a lot of man. They blitz a lot. Uh, does Wink Martindale's defense, right? So I assume that's going to be the matchup. Well, Jahan's going to get a favorable matchup. And the last time we were at the Meadowlands or MetLife Stadium, he caught a huge, huge touchdown after missing like four or five games in a row. Uh, late in that game, in mid-fourth quarter, I want to say, over the middle, spin move, race to the... That was so I, beautiful. I think, I think Jahan has his best game of the year tomorrow. I would be surprised if he doesn't. I certainly hope Not that so. that's a hard task, but <laughs> I think he... You know, I think we're talking about six, seven targets, maybe 65, 70, 75 yards, and maybe a score. I really do, especially because that matchup thing that I was just talking about, uh, you know, with Banks and McLaurin. Just a couple more for you here, talking with the Rooster here. For, you can hear him on the Team 980. What is it, 1 to 4? Yes, 1 to 4. 1 they to 4. They only Luke allow Gates. the Rooster out of a cage for three hours <laughs> at a time. It's understandable after we heard it that is. montage to hear, have you come back in with. Uh, defensively, I see people saying, oh, they might have found something. It's one game, and it was the Atlanta Falcons. Do you think they can replicate it against arguably the worst offense? Uh, not even arguably. The worst offense in the league yeah. tomorrow against New York. I mean, because of that, yes, I think they can replicate uh, some part of that, if not a, a large part of it. But remember, they still gave up 400 yards last week, right? You know, So yeah. if they don't have a bird brain at quarterback and a bird brain at head coach, and I did have a higher regard for Arthur Smith before that game. So I don't know if he just had a bad day at the office. His yogurt didn't sit well with him. I don't know what happened. Uh, maybe it was the porn stash. I have no idea. But the bottom line is, is Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter were both awful in many different ways last Sunday. So if that doesn't happen tomorrow with Tyrod Taylor in all likelihood, uh, you know, then I don't know if the, the commanders are going to win. But will they have opportunities? Absolutely. Um you you know what's interesting? I, I had London Fletcher on yesterday um, on the show, so people can go back and check it out on the Odyssey app uh, and, uh, and and all that good stuff. 
Um, and he was saying about this defense, I mean, we obviously talked about the linebackers and the improvement of Barton last week and Jamin and how he played that game-sealing interception and even Kalik Hudson's impact. But he was telling me that when he watches film and he tries to figure everything out as a former captain and quarterback of the, of the defense himself for a long time, he has trouble figuring out what they're doing schematically in a, in a, in a good way on the back end, meaning he's saying they're not predictable. They're not easy to figure out. They're mixing and matching. They're disguising. They're hiding. This is London Fletcher's words. And he didn't say this, but he inferred it that it really, in his opinion, is operator error, not coordinator and head coach error. Now, again, I know that's not going to sit well with fans, but that's London Fletcher. That's not me. That's not you. You know, that's London Fletcher saying that. And I found that to be interesting, and I largely agree with it because not only was Forbes terrible and he was bad for really more than just the two games, Philadelphia and Chicago. He wasn't very good against Denver either, quite honestly. But also Derek Forrest was absolutely brutal, and Percy Butler at times was brutal, and Kendall Fuller was really bad against Chicago. He's been great outside of that. St. Just has been a little up and down, so on and so forth. So to me, like I think this defense, if they can get some things straightened out on the back end, Tobe, and they continue to limit the explosives that they did a much better job of in 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 in, um, uh, in Atlanta, and especially if that pass rush can be a little bit more coordinated and a little bit more able to take over these games, like we saw earlier in the year, man, I think you have a chance then to be a top, you know, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen type defense. But until all of that happens, I don't think you have that. And but I also don't think the game has passed Ron and Jack by. And neither did London, by the way. Last thing before we let you go, I've kept you too long. What's your official prediction for tomorrow? I took the commanders minus the two and a half. I think they squeeze out a three, four point win. I wish I could tell you I feel really good about that. I don't. Is it a high-scoring um, affair, or is it I, no, uh, kind of I think it's, out? you know, 17-13, 17-14, somewhere in that range. I wish I could sit here and tell you, you know, listen, it, it, and I said this yesterday, I said if they hang a 30-burger on the Giants, that's the only way people are going to be like, wow, that's, that, that's somewhat impressive, right? Especially if it's like yeah. a two-score game or a 10-point win or what have you and not 30-27 to 27, because then if it's 30-27, to 27, what? You gave up all those points to an anemic offense. That's the only way, like, people are going to walk away, fans, media, impressed by a game like this. If it's 17-14, it's going to be the same old, same old Toby, and it should. They're mediocre, mediocre plus, that's it. But a win is a win, and I'd rather have a tight, ugly win than a any kind of loss, but especially they cannot get ambushed in this game for a second time against a dreadful, dreadful outfit. And by the way, the Giants are better. I think we both know this. The Giants are better than their 1-5 record, but they're still not good enough. Let's put it that way. Yeah, 100%. Rooster, appreciate your time. Kept you too long. Enjoy your weekend. Dopes, appreciate you having me. Uh, off to MetLife Stadium in the morning. Uh, wish me luck. Are you going to leave a little earlier than you did for Philly? <sighs> Yes, I'm going to leave at about <laughs> 7, but it's a four-and-a-half-hour drive. To my defense, Philadelphia, it's, the GPS said two-and-a-half hours. I, you can't count on a charter bus being completely engulfed in flames. You are correct on that. 
on 95 in Maryland and then that causing resi- residual other problems. <laughs> well, hopefully you can get there in time. That way uh, you're not storming in there in the first quarter. I hope not. Thanks, <laughs> Appreciate Tim. it, Rooster. Appreciate Have you. a safe travels. You too. You heard from Chris Russell. He joined us on the BetQL guest hotline. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. Appreciate the rooster for joining us. Make sure you listen to him on the Team 980 from 1 to 4 during the week. Going to take a quick break when we come back. I want to talk about Jahan Dotson. Where's he been? What's going on? We'll talk about it next. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.